sing one more course. Come Holy Spirit. I need thee. How many need the Holy Spirit? I sure do. Without him, without him, we can't even worship him. Without his presence in us, everything we do is wrong. But with his presence in us, then we can do something right. Thank you. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, I need Thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come, in Thy strength and Thy power. time. much. I appreciate the song service. You may be seated just for a moment before we uh, get into the Word. And I'm just happy to be here this morning with you. It's always, uh, I always enjoy uh, preaching at End Time Message Tabernacle. It's always been a, a real easy place to preach, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's good. That's good. It's because you're pulling on the Word, and I, I feel you're pulling on the Word, and and uh, it's been a while since I've been here. You know, I, I've got a, 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 a daughter and a, a son-in-law and a, a little grandson that go to a different church. And you kind of, when you come to visit them, you kind of want to stay with them. And, and so it's, it's a little tough. You know, I'm torn because I've got good friends here. I've got really good friends here. Not just brothers and sisters, which you all are, but, but I've got friends here, you know, and it, it kind of pulls you a little bit, but... And I've also got my son, Matthew, and uh, his uh, bride, uh, Barb, my daughter-in-law. They're new to Edmonton, and so they just moved here. And so it's, I'm happy that they came with us this morning to church uh, to worship him. And, you know, uh, and I'm so happy that, uh, that uh, to see uh, that we are, no matter what's going on, no matter how 
uh, depleted our music is, <laughs> uh, that we still have somebody that wants to make a joyful noise, that we still have somebody that wants to grab his guitar and, and, and sing a song for the Lord. You know, God's not interested in a perfect sound. The Bible says he's interested in a joyful noise. So I hope you came uh, to give him a joyful noise. And I'm just going to tell you, I feel even more comfortable preaching to you than ever before because it's such a small group <laughs> compared to what it normally is here. And I'm, I'm very comfortable with, with small groups because my church is small. But I, I, can, I can preach to, to, to large groups too, but I, I, uh, I'm very used to small. So anyways, it's, I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy that the Lord... Um, restored me because on Thursday night I had such a headache and such a, uh, a cough. I had a little cough and, uh, and uh, you know, and I read a scripture and, uh, and it's amazing how the word gives you comfort. I read a scripture and the scripture, I'm going to use it this morning in my sermon. And, uh, you know, Jesus was teaching in this, in this house and, and he was teaching and the, and the, and the word, I just noticed it. You know, I, I, you read the Bible, and you, I, I don't know how many times I've read it through, but you read the Bible, and you read the Bible, and then you, all of a sudden, you read it again, and what? That's what it says, and, and, you, and you get something else, because it's a living word. The Bible is a living word, and God gives you eyes to see something uh, that, that really strengthens you and, and gives you encouragement. So I was reading in there, and, and there was a man that was... Uh, uh, probably a paralytic because he was on a bed and they wanted to get in. And the whole house was full of, the Bible says, was full of Pharisees and doctors of the law. And they were listening to Jesus. And, uh, but somebody needed some help. Somebody needed some help. And so they tore the roof open to drop somebody in. And when Jesus seen this, this, this stretcher come down, you know, he didn't say, oh, great, now be healed and away you go. No, no, he says, your sins are forgiven you. <laughs> your sins are forgiven you. How many are happy this morning? Their sins are forgiven. If your sins are forgiven, healing is there. <laughs> and he said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. And I read that on Thursday night before I went to bed, and that's what I had going through my mind all night. Lord, you said it. I promised him I would take the service on Sunday morning. And Lord, you can make it possible. And I can say I feel pretty good. And I'll tell you, for a small crowd, you're, you're pretty good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So anyways, God is good to us, and I'm so happy. You know, hey, Brother uh, um, Bob, right? Yeah. He, said, he was singing, have we found the joy within? Have you found the joy? I'm just wondering this morning, how many can say, I found the joy? Amen. I'm not looking for it, but I found the joy within, you know? And, and uh, do you love the Lord? Let, let's, show him, let's show him this morning with everything that is within us. Let's show him this morning that, that we really do appreciate his salvation. We really do appreciate his 
presence here. You know, I'm nothing. I'm nothing without him. You are nothing without him. But when he comes, all things are possible. When he is here, all things are possible. And I'm just so happy for that. You know, I've got a little thought that I've, that I've been preaching. And, and you know, it's amazing how the Lord, word is opening up to me more and more. Been a pastor for, for about 15 years now. And, and, the, and the Lord is opening up his word more and more. And, uh, and, you know, my thought is, are you worshiping in spirit and in truth? Now, you might think, well, you know what, Brother Jonah, I've been a, I've been a, a Christian for 40 years, and I know the truth, right? Us message people, we know the truth. But you know what? I found a lot of message people, and I, and I, and I, I could say, I could pick up Pentecostals, I could pick Baptists, but I'm not preaching to Baptists. And Pente- I'm preaching to message people. I'm preaching to people that believe they got the truth. That sometimes we forget the basics of what a believer is. A believer is a believer in Jesus. And when Jesus comes into your heart, he changes your life. He changes your life. He changes your outlook. He changes your inlook. He changes your attitude. He changes the things that you think about, the things that you do, and, and who you do them for. He's the one that changes us. And he's the one that's got to live in us. So you can be a, a very legalistic, perfect message person. And you're just as lost as a Catholic, a Pentecostal, a Lutheran, a Buddhist, a Hindu, because you don't know Jesus. <laughs> you got to know him. You know, I, I mean, you know, I, it's amazing. We've, we've kind of changed the standard of what God is going to judge us, how he's going to judge us. But Jesus said it very clearly. When he comes and we stand before his throne, if you've, if you've made it and you know him, you're not going to be judged. But you're going to be happy that you're one of his. But he's going to say, he's going to say a few things. And, I, and I'm just wondering, I'm going to ask you this, I'm challenging you this morning. Have you fed somebody? Have you clothed somebody? Have you visited somebody in prison? You know, these are spiritual things, not just, you don't have to go to Edmonton Max Penitentiary to visit people. But you know what? There's brothers and sisters that are in prison. They're in a a, a mental prison. They're in a, 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 a habitual prison. They're in some kind of prison. Have you done something for them? Have you gone out of your way to add some relief? To add some relief. See, that's how we're going to be judged. We're not going to stand before the white throne judgment. He's going to say, did you get all the seals, brother? <laughs> did you get all the church ages? you know who they were and who, who, who the church messengers were? No, he's not going to ask us that. 
He's going to say, did you feed one of my little ones? Did you care for one of mine? Did you visit the sick? That's one of the things that I find so lacking in the body of Christ. Somebody gets sick and nobody visits them. Well, what am I going to say, Brother Jonah? What am I going to say? Well, just go there and say you're good. You're praying for them. Just go there and say you care about them. Go there and say Jesus Christ is going to take care of you because he said it in his word. You know, it, it's not rocket science. It's, it's a heart of love that you have to have for your brother and sister. So let me get back to my service here. I could go on and on in there. So are you worshiping in spirit and in truth? See, you know what worship means? I looked it up, the dictionary definition. It's incredible. You know what worship is? It's excessive admiration for someone. Excessive. And I asked my church this when I, when I brought this thought to them. I asked them, are you going to be an excessive in your worship this morning? Are you going to become excessive in your worship this morning? Because that's what worship is. It's excessive. It doesn't mean you got to, you know, run around and, and jump up and down and, 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 and scream and, and all that. No, no, no. Excessive means that to really put them in there and say, Lord, I'm here this morning. When I hear your word, I'm going to say amen. amen. When, when, I, when I think about what you've done for me, I'm going to, I'm going to thank you. You know, I, I tell you, he's done so much for us and he's doing things that you don't even know and can't even see what he's done and he's doing it so i'm so happy this morning that i can say that i can give my voice and praise to him he took the cough away i'm so happy about that you know uh, you know uh excessive worship is going beyond what is usual normal or proper it's it is mind body soul and spirit given into the lord to worship him All your thoughts, all your ways, all your words, all your heart given over to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's excessive worship. Is our worship, is our admiration of Jesus Christ the one that died for us just normal, common, or casual? And you know, that's what gets me as a, as a, as a pastor, is I think that sometimes we come to the house of God and we're very casual I'm not saying dress-wise, but we're casual in our worship. You know, Brother Bob said something to me in the office there, and he said, you know, it's not common for me to get up and do songs. I says, well, sing one song, and the Spirit will take over. Right? I, I, you know what? I, I'm so happy that I felt so. I looked over my notes this morning, and I thought, what am I going to do? I got nothing. I got nothing. But you know what? I've, I've thought that many times. But when I come and, the, and I take his word, he blesses it. You know, how did they recognize Jesus on the road to Emmaus? He broke the bread. And if Jesus comes this morning and breaks the bread, I'll tell you what, we'll have a service. 
will have a service. And I believe he's here this morning to give us a service. Amen. So let's turn to the Word of God. Let's turn to John chapter 4, verse 23 to, to 24, and Romans chapter 8, 13 and 14, verses 13 and 14. And um, if you uh, could stand to read the word. I had all my notes written out for to put it on the screen, and then the brother said, we don't have anybody to, to do it. And I thought, man, this is just like Kelowna Tabernacle. Somebody goes on holidays, there's nobody to run anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we still got Bibles, right? We still have Bibles. We still got songs. We still got memory. And we got the Spirit. Let's bow our heads before we read the Holy Scripture. Lord, we thank you this morning that we can come into your house and worship you. Lord, we can admire you for thy great love. We can praise you, Lord, with all that is within us. We can glorify and magnify thy name. And Lord, it's the things that you have done for us, Lord, because you loved us first. You loved us, Lord, before we knew you. You gave your life for us 2,000 years ago that we today might be made free. Lord, I pray that you would come into our midst. I pray that you would take care of every prayer request that was laid out. Lord, you know, and I'll bring one before your throne, my good friend, Lord Jesus, touch him by the power of your might and presence, Lord. You are the great I am. Lord, there is no cancer can stand before you. There is no devil can rear his head, Lord. He reared his head on Thursday with me, but Lord, he's, you put him down, and I'm happy and well this morning to praise your name and bring thy children into thy word. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint every word spoken. I can't help anyone here, but you can help all men. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And Jesus is talking here to the woman at the well. I don't know, that's one of the greatest scriptures I've found lately. I've had so many sermons from that little scripture. And he's talking to her and he says, The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's just turn to Romans chapter 8, verses 13 and 14. And it says, therefore, if we live after the flesh, we shall, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of your of the body, ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, 
They are the sons of God. May God add his blessing to his word this morning. You may be seated. You know, man's imagination took him away from God. If you look in the Genesis, the book of Genesis, man's imagination was wicked, the Bible says. And it took him away from God, and so God caused a flood to come on earth and saved Noah, and, and, and was the only one that was saved. But this time he's coming, and he's going to cleanse the earth with fire. It's going to be a different type of cleansing. So when we examine the word of God, why did God send prophets? Why did God send prophets? He sent prophets to bring us back to the right worship. You see, a prophet's not sent just to glorify himself. A prophet's not sent uh, to, to, to start another uh, church. A prophet is sent to get the, the church in order. It's to get the church back on track. Not to have little sidetracks. Which is what we tend to do as humans. We, we get our own revelation. We overthink the word. We overinterpret the word. And we get off on our own little interpretation, our own thing. And, and what, what, what happens is the spirit of God leaves. See, the spirit of God can only stay where the word is. The spirit and the word are one. You know, in the days of Jesus of Nazareth, when he was on earth walking in the flesh, you know, the Israelites wanted a Savior. You know why they wanted a Savior? Because the Romans were controlling them. And they really wanted somebody to come in with the power of God, put the Romans out of the city, and then they wanted to carry on, do their own thing. But you know what? God's not interested in us doing our own thing. God's not interested in us worshiping the way we think we should worship. God's interested that we would get into the spirit and worship him in spirit and in truth. And he wants us to get right with him. And he wants us to walk in his ways and to be, you know, he, he wants us to obey his word. Look at, Jesus challenged them. But they wouldn't receive it. They wouldn't receive it because it was too simple. See, it was too simple. Today, sometimes we come to church and, and we want, you know, you want somebody with a greater revelation than Brother Jonah to preach to you. I'll tell you what, I preach where the rubber hits the road. Because I believe if you can't live an everyday life for Jesus Christ, you're not living for him. You're not living. I don't care how revelated you are. I don't care how much you have knowledge you have of the message. I don't care if you can quote the messenger from, from A to Z and you can do this and that. It, it will not help you unless you can live a Christian life. Unless, you can, unless Jesus Christ is living out of you, you are nothing. 
And you are just going to, it's going to be a little hotter in hell for you than anybody else because you knew better and you didn't obey. So if you want anything, you can't rest until you get it. Right? Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they will be filled if they hunger and thirst. Now you might say, oh, Brother Jonah, what's that got to do with worship? It's got a lot to do. You see, when you come into the house of God, you've got to come in here in such a way and say, no, Lord, I hope that guy can preach something to help me or lift me up. No, it's Lord, what can you do through thy word to touch me and and deliver me? Because you know what? Every one of us needs a little deliverance. I'll lift both my hands. <laughs> you know, I, as a pastor, I realize how weak I really am. I'm just a little flesh, you know. Somebody offends you, and I'm not, a, I'm not an easy guy to offend. Trust me, you can walk all over me, call me names, and I'll still treat you like a friend the next day. Because you know what? I have, I've got one revelation, that there's only two spirits in this world. There's either God's spirit or the devil. And when you're speaking, you're either letting the God speak through you or you're letting the devil speak through you. And so I, I just, I just want to say when we come to the house of God, let's open up our hearts and put Jesus Christ in there so we can speak his word, his truth. Not our truth. You know, a lot of people going around that, that well, that's not my truth. Yeah, it's not your truth. There's only one truth. <laughs> this is it right here. This is the only truth there is. And he came in flesh. And you need to have that truth. So you got to hunger and thirst. You got to have a desire. You got to come to the house of the Lord and say, Lord, I want to get into thy spirit. And I find so many believers don't know how to get into spirit. Unless somebody's playing that piano at a really high beat and somebody's playing guitar and the drums are going, then they can get into the Spirit. But you know, that's not the Spirit of God. It can be, but that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is a completely different Spirit. The Spirit of God is meek. The Spirit of God is when it comes, I've noticed in a ways with myself, it brings you to weeping. It brings you to repentance. It brings you to realize how much of, of dust you really are. I'm just a little dust. That's all I am, is a little bit of dust. But I'm so happy that he, that he, that he attracted me to him. That he attracted me to him, that I could come and say, Lord, fill my heart. And you know, that's why we've got to become more vocal and have a hunger and thirst for him. You know, there's something wrong if there's no hunger and thirst for the Lord. And every one of us has got a hunger and thirst, and sometimes we're just feeding it with the wrong thing. We're feeding it with the wrong thing. And we've got to get the right thing so we can be satisfied. 
You know, the attitude of people is still the same as it was at Jesus' time. And we have the same needs that the people had at Jesus' time they have now. We need a Savior. We need a Deliverer. We need a Healer. And you know the ones that were healed, that man, that, that impotent man. Let's just read that scripture. Let's just turn to Luke 5. Verse 17 to 24. I love to bring a lot of the scripture into my preaching. You know, because we were taught by the prophet of this day that the written word defeats the devil every time. It defeats the devil. And if you know the word, he can't touch you. And it says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees, doctors of the law, sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Look at what it says. The power of the Lord was present to heal them. These doctors, these Pharisees, to heal them. But they probably thought they were okay. They didn't need healing. That really spoke to me here. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with, with palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he had saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemy? Look at They considered that blasphemy because he forgave sins. But you know what? We are the, we are the same way. We hear somebody talking, and we think they're blaspheming because we think it's wrong. Because we don't know the Scripture. But I love this. I love the second part of this. He said, he said, he, he said, who can forgive sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts? What's easier to say? Thy sins are forgiven thee? Or rise, take up thy bed and walk? That stumped them. Because only God could raise the, the paralytic. Right? Only God can deliver somebody that, that can't walk or hasn't walked for 38 years. All of a sudden he gets up and goes. And so they were stumped. He said, what's easier to say? Thy sins are forgiven thee, or rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And all of a sudden, they realized that, whoa. They couldn't say, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. But he could. He could do both. You see, you've got to know your Lord God. You've got to know who Jesus Christ really is. And when you know him, then you can worship him. 
You see, you've got to know the Lord Jesus Christ to worship him. And I'm going to say something, and I hope that you'll take it in the right way. I know people that when you get together with them, I never hear the word Jesus. It's a prophet said this, the prophet said that, the prophet said this. And don't get me wrong, it's okay to quote the prophet. But they're just prophet, prophet, prophet. And when it comes Sunday morning, they're not in church. Because they want the pure word. They don't want it from no preacher. They want it right from the prophet. And if they would read every word that the prophet brought, and they would believe every scripture written in the word of God, they would know better. You see, so we've got to make sure we take the whole word, not just the things that we like and discard what we don't like. And a true worshiper is in spirit and in truth. You know, we can have truth. We can have legal, legalistic standard. We can have a, a standard set and we keep that standard and everybody's obeying that standard and you look out in the crowd and you think, wow, I'm just talking to nothing but Christians here. And then I would come down the old steps here and I'll just this brother here, I'll just stomp on his toes and just see if you're still a Christian. <laughs> huh? He's a husky guy. He'd probably want to grab me and, and give me one. Or, you know, say something about somebody. And I've, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but it, it always merits mentioning it again. You know, I, I, I became a pastor and, and, and uh, I had a, a person in the congregation that was, I wouldn't say that he was a, a real, uh, um, let me just put it this way. He came to church and every sermon I preached, there was, there was errors in it. And I'm not saying that I'm, I'm the only one that knows how to speak the truth and Everything I say is the truth. And, you know, every service, he would say, you said this, you said this, and it's not, and it's not according to this, and it's not according to that. And, and, you know, he would, I would get rattled. I'm just human, right? Even though I don't get offended, I mean, but still, you, you get rattled after a while. And I would get mad at him. And this went on for a month or almost two months. And then I took a different approach. I said, Lord, I went and I was praying for him. And I said, Lord, why does he do that? And you know, how many have ever heard the voice of the Lord talk to you? He talked to me and he said, Jonah, he says, I did that to test you. You know how... How humbling that is. I did that to test you. You know, if we're not tested, we don't know what we are. If we're not tested, we don't know what we are. So we got to be tested. God's, God's going to test his bride before he takes her home. 
Does she know the truth? Does she obey the truth? Does she really, is she really living the right kind of life? And so the next time he came and the next time he said, I said, thank you, brother. <laughs> A different attitude. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, that you're listening. I appreciate that you're listening. And thank you for the correction. And thank you. And that was the last time he did it. <laughs> you see, we've got to get the right attitude. And so I, hopefully I'm not off track here. I, I kind of lost track. But it says here, but that you may know that the Son of Man, verse 24, hath power upon earth to forgive sins. And he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. And I was just thinking, as I read that the other night, and it doesn't really fit in with worship, but it does. You know, if we come into this church this morning realizing that we need him. We need him. We can't take one step without him. We're never going to make heaven without him. You know, every breath we breathe is a gift from God. Every day we have on earth is a gift from God. So without him, we're really nothing. And those doctors were listening to Jesus, and they were happy until somebody in great need happened to come into their presence, and Jesus stopped and forgave his sins and healed them. <laughs> you know, and that's the way we are sometimes. Somebody's in great need, and we get angry because it interrupts our service. It interrupts our life. Somebody needy. He's always needy. But you know what? When you know where to come to for help, where else are you going to go? They didn't have anywhere to go but to Jesus. He was the only one in Israel at that time that could cure palsy, that could cleanse lepers, that could raise the dead. He's the one that could make the blind to see, the lame to walk. And the ones that came, they worshipped him with all that was within him. The woman at the well, when she showed up and he said to her, and I just want to bring this in, I'm kind of all over. She said, well, you know, uh, you're asking me for a drink, and, and I'm an uh, anti-message people, and we don't have nothing to do with those people across on the other side. You know, we don't have anything to do with, an, I don't know if there's north side or south side. I guess there's south side, north side. We don't have this, this fellowship one with another. You know what? He said, he, he said, well, you know, salvation really is of the Jews. My fathers said in the mountain we worship. That's what she said to Jesus. And you say in Jerusalem, you know? And Jesus said, it's not the mountain and it's not, it's not Jerusalem. But it's in spirit and in truth. See, I, I, I want to bring you right to the point in spirit and in truth. And, 
And then he discerned who she was. She all of a sudden realized she needed something. I want that water, she said. I want that water. And he says, well, go get your husband. Well, she said, I don't have one. He says, I know you don't have one. You've had five. And the one you're with is not yours. See, she was seeking something. She was seeking something. She was seeking love. She was seeking something that she couldn't find, and she was looking for it in physical ways. But you know what? Jesus came, and he revealed to her that he is the spirit and truth. And he told her what she was and who she was, and all of a sudden, she had more insight than those doctors of the law and those Pharisees. She said, you are the Messiah. You're the one I'm waiting for. See, she knew it. There was a hunger and a thirst in her heart for something real. And I'm just wondering this morning, is there a hunger and thirst in your heart for something real? More than just a little formal worship. You see, we've got to worship in spirit and in truth. It's not just coming to church and, you know, I sure hope that piano player's good. I hope the specials are good, that somebody doesn't sing off key, and I hope the preacher doesn't preach too long, and, and I hope that this person is nice to me and that a that smelly person doesn't sit next to me. And, and are you here for worship in spirit and in truth? See, then nothing else matters. Then nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if all the musicians are here. It doesn't matter if just Bob and Jonah are here. You're happy because Jesus is here. You know, every one of us, I hope, brought Jesus in with us. And when he comes in with us, we're Jesus in skin to the world. And he wants us to worship. And so it's not in the mountain, and it's not in Jerusalem. It's not at end time message tabernacle. It's not at manifested word. It's not at living word. It's Jesus Christ in you. And it doesn't matter where you go, worship him. Doesn't matter what you do, magnify him. It doesn't matter who you're with, glorify the word of God. And magnify his name. See, coming into the presence of the Lord, there is a reward. There's forgiveness and healing. Excessive worship brings results. Did you know that? Your diligence in seeking him is received by the Lord. You know, we are in such a fast fast food mode for everything in life. We want instant pleasure. We want instant gratification. You know, if that internet isn't fast enough for the waitress doesn't bring the food fast enough for this or that. We, We just, we're we want fast. But you know what? Worship the Lord. 
How many times have we come and just said, Lord, I want to feel your presence, and I'm going to stay in the house of the Lord until you fill me, until something happens in my heart. And when you come in, I know, Lord. What did that woman at the well do as soon as she got the discernment from Jesus and the water came into her heart? What happened? She went immediately to the marketplace and told them, come and hear, come and see, come. You can have the same thing I got. There was no longer, she didn't feel ostracized. She didn't feel that she was... She knew that she had been delivered. You know, and the Bible doesn't say that she spent an hour on her knees repenting. No, she just received what Jesus Christ said to her. You know, that's what God wants us to do. Receive the word, believe the word, act on the word, and he's forgiven you. He's covered you. So let's, let's be a worshipers. We need to self-examine. I find that so few people self-examine. You know, athletes, they always, if they want to be really good, they self-examine. They look at tapes of how their shot is, or they look at, at things and they... Always try to improve it, to get harder, to get faster, to get higher, to get... And they self-examine. How many of us self-examine? How many of us say, Lord, what can I take out of my life to get come closer to you? What can I do to, to be more like you? Lord, I want to worship you in spirit and in truth. I want to feel your presence every time I'm in the house of the Lord. I want to be doused with the rain of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Look at what it says in Romans 1 and, and, and 21, 22, and, and verse 25. And I'm going to just say this. Paul tells us why we become wrong worshipers. And you might think, well, what does this got to do with, with worship in spirit and in truth? You know, if you're not worshiping in spirit and in truth, you're worshiping an idol. And I'm going to say something here, and I know that some... I message people to hate it when I say this, but I'll say it because I'm bold and because I, I'll discuss it with you later. If Brother Branham is your pastor, you're an idol worshiper. Because he's no longer living. He can't be your pastor. If Brother Branham is your pastor, you're an idol worshiper. Because you, you know, he, he, he can't speak to your need. 
you've got to be real. And look at what Paul says. You know, and Paul knew what was coming on this earth because God showed him. And it says, because, in verse 21, Romans 1, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, who changed the truth of God into a lie, verse 25, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And that's what we do. You know, we put somebody else instead of Christ. We put somebody else instead of the word. God doesn't share his glory with no man. God doesn't share his glory with no man. He wants you to worship him in, with all your being. Body, mind, soul, and strength. Give it all to the Lord. And I'll tell you what, you're going to see a difference in your life. You're going to see the power of the Holy Ghost come upon you. You're going to see victory. You're going to be attacked more, but you know what? You're going to overcome more. You're going to have more battles, but praise the Lord, you're going to overcome because he's the one fighting your battles. So let's take a look at, at Paul's teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I, I'm just, I'm kind of skipping here a little bit of, of some things that I was going to say, but, you know, sometimes we can get so focused on, oh, that person's got the Holy Spirit. Why does he have the Holy Spirit? If you ask somebody, well, why do you think that man, oh, he worships. Oh, he, he can just praise the Lord. He can just, he can, oh, when he prays, my. You know, the devil can pray. The Bible says that. They make long prayers in public. God loves it. The publican said, the publican said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. He went home justified. He went home justified. Not the long-prayered Pharisee. You know, I, I, just, I just, I want us to really examine our life. I want us to really, because you know what? We're getting close to going home. I know, I, know, I know that you think, well, Johnny, you're 65. You don't got long. You don't have much. You don't have long to live. But you know what? I'll tell you what. He, he could come tomorrow. Amen. He could come tomorrow. I want to be ready. And when he comes tomorrow, I want to be worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And if you're worshiping him in spirit and truth, you're not worried about the atomic bomb that Russia might drop on us. You know why? You know why? There's no fear. You're not looking for iodine. You're not looking for anything that could preserve you or help you. You're just so happy that you can be like the three Hebrew boys. So full of worship, so into worship, in spirit and in truth, that when they throw you into the fire, they look into the fire and they see there's another guy in there with them. Amen. The, the one that was hotter than the fire was in there protecting them. Amen. And they called them out. The ones that threw them in died, but they called them out and they were free because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I, I don't care if it's atomic or whatever. Look, they threw Daniel in the lion's den. Why? 
Because of his worship. Because of his stand. And you know, they brought laws out and they said, you have to obey these laws or, 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 or you know what? Daniel didn't say, oh no, I won't. I'm going to close my windows and I'm just going to pray quietly so that the guys outside can't hear. He said, the Bible says he opened his windows, opened everything and he prayed towards Jerusalem. Why? He knew whose God was. He knew whose God was. He knew that he had a God that was able to do anything. So I just want to want to say, you know, when we are worshiping in spirit and truth, look at what, what Paul says here in 1 Corinthians 14, 24 to 25. And, and you know, I, I like to bring this in because I know that it's not common in message churches where we get people uh, speaking in tongues and, and jumping up and speaking in tongues and, and that person speaking in tongues and that person prophesying. And it, it's not common. But you know, there, the devil wants us to believe that some physical manifestation is a sign of the Holy Spirit. That's what the devil wants you to believe. And what did Jesus say the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is? Being led, comforted, into all truth, it's receiving the word. That's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. You see, you're just, you believe the word when it's brought to you. You receive the word when it's brought, and you act like Jesus acted. And so I like this. It says here, but I, if all prophesy, and there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest, and so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. And you know, that's what we need. We need the spirit of discernment in our midst. And you know, I've had that when I've preached, that a person would come up to me after service, how did you know that that's what I was going through? It's the word, discerning. The heart. And that's what the Spirit will do. And we've got to have that in our services so the hearts can be discerned and they can worship, come to the right worship. See, the woman at the well came to the right worship because Jesus discerned what she needed. And you know, when Jesus' Spirit is in us, we will have the same ability. We might not know it when we're doing it, but it, it'll be there. How many times have, have, have you spoke to someone and they say, well, did you know what I need? Did you know what I was going through? And you're just saying this to me now? No, that's God in you speaking through you. You know, sometimes the gift is in operation in your life and you don't even know it, but God allows it like, to be like that because he doesn't want you to, you know, I always tell my church, it's good we got double doors when we go out so that sometimes the head don't get too big, you can get out. <laughs> but you know, man is, has a tendency to start to think that he's the, 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 the beginning and the end all when God uses him. 
But you know what? I'm glad that, that, that I, I know one thing. I wanted to use me more, but he'll only use somebody that gets down. Amen. He'll only use somebody that'll Amen. humble himself and won't think highly of himself. God doesn't, God knows everything and he can do anything. And he doesn't need man. But he wants to work through man. He wants to work through man, but he doesn't need man. We need him. Amen. I didn't check my time yet. Got time? Okay. Now, I just want to show you something. And this is, I'll bring it to a conclusion here. What happened? Brother Brown says in Questions and Answers in 1954, he says that, he said that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were true worshipers. And they went into captivity. And we've come to the same place where we're in captivity in this darkness of the world. And they didn't buy into the world, though. You see, they didn't eat like the world. They didn't worship like the rest of them. They kept worshiping the Lord their God. And the reason that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were put into the fire was because they were supposed to bow to an idol. And we're now at that age, at the end of the Gentile era, where the enemy, the devil, is trying to get us to bow to the image. He want, and you might think, oh, Brother Jonah, yeah, that's, they're going to put a big statue up there. And, and, you know, no, 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 it's not a statue. It's not a statue. It's false doctrine. Amen. It's false preachers, false ministry that is high on itself and not high on God. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it, it's, it's so easy to, to, to be brought. You can be an idol worshiper and, and, and come to this church. You know, I, there's nothing I hate more than when I go to a church and all what they say is, you know what Brother Jonah said? Brother Jonah said this. Brother Jonah said that. Brother Jonah, Brother Jonah. Who's Brother Jonah? He's just a piece of dust. Why don't you say the word says? Say the word says it. Say the word says it. The word says it. And when the word says it, I'll tell you, it's got some power behind it. See, God doesn't want us, and, I, and I'm just going to, God doesn't want us to be form worshipers. He says, have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. You see, a form is, is, is a rigid, legalistic, 
way without the Spirit in it. But when Jesus was on earth, have you ever noticed the woman at the well had five husbands? The one she was living with wasn't hers. Maybe we wouldn't even let her get through the doors here. Maybe she would come in, maybe not dressed just right, and we would, oh, oh. But she might be seeking something. And she's got to get discernment, and she's got to get delivered. And Jesus can do it. You see, Jesus went by the pool of Bethesda, and one man. If one man was, I always wondered, he would heal one man, and that man would get up and walk, what were with the rest? I would have said, hey, how about me? <laughs> I know I'm bold enough, I would say, hey, have mercy on me. I would be like the blind Bartimaeus, the son of David, have mercy on me. Especially if you need his help. You know, we've got to get into spirit and seek the Lord, call upon him, worship him. Look at what it says in Revelation 13, 12, and then I'll close. And it says there, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now I just want to show you that we're right in that time now. This is, we're right in that time now. And, and you know, sometimes we've got these images of what it's supposed to be and what it is. And I just always like to say, just think about Jesus' time. God himself came to his own and his own didn't even realize that he was there. Until he was raised from the dead. And then they made up a story. Right? His disciples stole him away and are eating his body. <laughs> Make it sound like they're cannibals. Make it sound like they're Extremists. They're, 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 they're not right in their head. And, and it's the same thing today. The first beast that he's talking about, America, is going to bring us to worship the Antichrist, which is the Roman Catholic. It's going to bring us to that. It's going to bring us to that, and it's already brought us to the brink of that. We're there. We've got to get into spirit and truth. Amen. You know, I've always, when I first, when I came back to the Lord, and I was always, oh my, I want to know more about the mysteries, more about this, more about that. But you know, when the Holy Ghost came in, the Holy Ghost came in, all of a sudden, I didn't have to read this book and that book and this and that and listen to this and listen to that. All of a sudden, the Lord just opened up the scripture to me. And all of a sudden, you realized, oh, that's what it means. And you talk to somebody that's blind, 
to the Scripture that doesn't have the Holy Spirit. You can show them the Scripture that tells you that God is one and he sees three gods. Exactly the same Scripture. And so we need to worship in spirit and truth. And when you're in spirit and in truth, and, you, and how do you get there? Right? How many would like it? How do you get there? Excessive admiration of Jesus Christ. Excessive. In other words, start to think about him all day. I'm going to read you a scripture here. This is what it says in Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him, talk ye of all his wondrous works. Glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. I'll tell you what, that's very simple. Just seek him and talk about him. Sing about him. Sing, talk, and call upon his name. I'll tell you what, he's here. He's here this morning, and he wants to meet every need. I, if you have a need this morning, you don't have to come up and stand in a prayer line. You can just say, Jesus, you know my heart. You know my need. Lord, just like that impotent man that was dropped down to you, you forgave him his sin and made him rise and walk. Lord, you can do that this morning. How many believe that? He can do it this morning. He can make you rise and walk and deliver you this morning. You just got to... Hunger and thirst and seek him. That's what he wants. He wants us to hunger and thirst. Because in our diligence of seeking him, we shall be endowed with his spirit. Do you think that when these disciples got together in the, in the day, in the upper room, you know, I, I tell you what, they, they had an urgency about them. You know what the urgency was? Lord, you said we're going to get power. And Lord, we know that without that power, we're going to be afraid. Look, at Peter knew exactly what fear was. Because he denied Jesus three times. Because of, of physical fear. He, he thought they were going to take his life. Or, and first of all, he said, I'm going to die for you. You know, there's many message people. Oh, I'm going to, I can die for this message. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Without the Holy Spirit, you'll never die for it. You need the presence of the Lord in you. Then you can die. Without the presence of the Lord, you, you can't go one step further. So we need to diligently seek him to get the power. We need to be endued with power from on high. And that power isn't shouting, that power isn't waving, that power isn't jumping, that power is his presence. And you know, when his presence comes, it changes yes. you. Amen. It changes you. You know, when that presence comes, you're not looking, the wife of mine should be this, the wife of mine should be that, the wife of mine should be this. Lord, change me. Change my attitude. Change my life. You know, sometimes people come to church. I wish the pastor was this. I wish the pastor was that. I wish the pastor was... You know what? Just come to church and say, Lord, change my heart. Change my heart. And I'll tell you what, everything becomes clear. God might tell you, go to another church. He might. Uh, you know what? 
He does that to some people. But you know what? If he changes your heart, you're more, you got the right attitude. You got the right spirit. And you know, that's what we need. A right heart and the right spirit. Look at what Brother Bram says here. And, 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 the, and, the, and be certain of God. He said, you know, when, when Elijah went to the school of prophets. And they were making a soup. And there's, just take the symbolism. Soup is throwing stuff together and having a service, having fellowship. And what happened when Elijah was there in the school of prophets and they threw all this into a pot and all of a sudden one of the guys said, there's poison in the pot. See, they had the spirit there. They had that cooking. You know, when something cooks, it boils, there's life there, right? And so how did he fix it? He threw some meal in there. He threw the word in there. See, he threw the truth into that pot. And the truth took the poison out. And you know, that's what we need to do when we worship. We need the, the word in there to take the poison out, to take the bitterness out, to take what isn't right out. And God will do it. He just, he's desiring us. And he says here, he says, and that's what Christ does when he's put on the case of a dying man. He changes him from death to life. And the meal offering had to be ground with a certain burr. The burr had to be so perfect that it ground every grain of corn just the same, showing that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ is the word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Right there, you can see that we've got one God. But you know what? The world will never receive that. The denominational world will never receive that. Because you know what? They've been taught that there's God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is another entity. No, the word that spoke everything into existence came down, flesh came upon it, bled and died for us, ascended up on high, and he sends his spirit down to fill every one of us so that we can worship right, so that we can worship right. Without his spirit in us, we can't worship right. Without his spirit in us, we don't see the truth. We can't believe the truth. We can't walk in the truth. We need to be filled with his spirit. And you know what? It's, it's, it's very simple. You got to seek him to find him. You know, if I go out in the foyer, I know there's only a, maybe a hundred or people here. It's not hard for me to find somebody, but I got to seek you. I got to go look for you. And you know, that's what you've got to do when you come to the house of the Lord. You got to seek, open your mouth up and say, Lord Jesus, I'm in need of you. Lord, I'm in need of your presence. I'm in need of your spirit and power. I I trust that the Lord will use my simple broken up message to help you. And, And I'll just say one other thing. I'll just finish with this because... 
There's another thing that I've noticed in, 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 in our churches. And, and it's in 1 John. I just want to read you this, this, this uh, 1 John, 2nd uh, uh, chapter, verse 8. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. A true worshiper in spirit and truth cannot hate. Even if, and I'm just going to use Brother Greg as an example. You know, I might not like Brother Greg, but I do like him. I do like him, but I, I just say I don't like him. It doesn't mean that you can't be nice to him. It doesn't mean that you can't be courteous to him. It doesn't mean you can't pray for him. It doesn't mean that, you know, and, and we might have a difference of opinion. He might say he's coming on a cloud, and I'm saying he's coming on a horse. He's coming on a horse. But you know what? He's coming, right? Jesus is coming. So let's not have those differences and, and let hate come in, because where hate is, there's no worship in spirit and in truth. You can't worship in spirit and in truth and hate somebody. You can't. Look at the, the disciples. They seen a couple, they seen a man out there and he was casting out devils in the name of Jesus. Man, they were, they said, Lord, should we rebuke him? Should we rebuke him? Because he's not with us. And he said, No, if he's doing it in my name, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's doing it in my name. He's not speaking evil of me. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing we have to realize, that God, you know, God uses you as much as you will let him. We've got to let him use us more. We've got to let him in. And when he comes in, then our talking, our walking, our doing, all becomes for him. And you know what? That's worship. Worship isn't just lifting your hands and singing a good song and, and, and calling upon Jesus, but worshiping is in living, thinking, talking, acting. It's everything within you coming out of you. That is worship. Amen. Is living a life for him. And I believe that God, if you will do that and say, Lord, have your way in my heart, in my life. And I believe that the Lord will do it. You know, Brother Bram says in, in a message, Christianity versus idolatry, he says, you know, the word is a fine bunch of jewels. The word of God is a fine bunch of jewels. And you can take those jewels, we can take these jewels, just take a portion of it and make something an idol. 
You can take a portion of the word and make an idol. And I love what he says here. He says, you know, he says, the word of God is a fine bunch of nice big jewels that was placed out to make a statue of a great mighty king. Creeds, dogmas, denominations, take these beautiful jewels, make the form of a dog out of it, deceive the ignorant of the word. This they do to corrupt the ways of God and to bring a reproach upon it. Hallelujah. Like, look at all the reproach that, if, if, I mean, it's a reproach to me when I see a, a minister, even in the message or anywhere, begging for money. It just, it just ekels me because God don't need money. He just needs willing hearts to obey him. And he'll supply everything you need. You know, I, I was a, a pastor and, 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 you know, 15 years, but I went to Germany. I got invited to preach to Germany. And, and, you know, it's one thing to be invited and one thing that God sends you. You see, there, there's two things. You can be invited and you can, and you can go and, oh, I just want to get a reputation. I want to make friends over there. I want a nice holiday. I want to, you know, be treated first class. But I said, Lord, I don't want to go there and, and not be you in it. So I was praying on Friday. I said, Lord, I'll know that it's your will that I go if I get a free ticket. No, I, I know if, you, if they invite you, they'll pay for it, but you got to get there. Then they pay you, usually. But our Lord, if it's a free ticket, I'll know. And I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell the congregation. I didn't tell anybody. All of a sudden, I get a call on Monday. When are you leaving, Brother Jonah? Monday. Tuesday of this and this. Three months down the road, I want to leave on a Monday, come back on a, on a Wednesday or whatever it was. And he was just talking to me and said, oh, okay, we're going to miss you and all that. And all of a sudden, he says to me at the end of the conversation, I've booked you a flight. I booked you a flight. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell anybody but God. I got there. And I just want to show you how God works. I got to Germany. Spent one day kind of jet lagging, trying to get it out. They said three services, four services maximum. I preached seven times. But, but get this. I got there. Two days later, I got laryngitis. Okay. You know, I had a little sore throat on Thursday and a headache, and, and I was coughing on Friday and Saturday. And I said, Lord, and, and the Lord just kind of told me on Thursday when I was, the scripture was going through my mind, he says, 9 o'clock on Sunday, it'll all be good. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And you know what? I had laryngitis. I would get up. I could hardly talk in 10 minutes into the sermon. It was no problem. And you know what? That's God. That's God. So you know what? Whatever we do, let's let him lead us. Let's let him guide us. And I'm not saying that for you to think that I'm something special. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I'm just a piece of dirt that's going to die someday. And <laughs> but I'll tell you, he's the great one among us. 
And if you worship him in spirit and truth, he can lift you up into heavenly places. I want to go into heavenly places. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand and let's pray. Lord, <coughs> I thank you for your loving kindness. I thank you for hearing us, for saving us, for healing us, Lord. I thank you for taking my cough away that I could preach this morning without the hindrance of a cough. I thank you, Lord, for coming into our presence here this morning, Lord, and, and giving thy bride a little bit of thy word. And Lord, I pray that the words that I brought will touch their hearts. Lord, because I can't help them, but you can help them in all things. And I thank you, Lord, that, that you are the great one, the I am, the great I am, the way, the truth, the life, and the way. Lord, come and help us to enter into thy presence with thanksgiving and praise, and that we might just glorify and magnify the name of Jesus. Lord, touch every heart here this morning. Speak to the souls and give them the victory they need. Lord, and just draw them close to you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Um, I had a course picked out here. And where did I write it? Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Spirit of the Living God, fall fresh on me. Do you know that one? Sweet. 